to the City of the Great King podcast. Yes, welcome back. Your host, Tyler Sawatsky. That's me. Hello. Episode 2 of the CGK podcast. That's my acronym, CGK. Episode 2 of normal episodes, that is. Of course, if you look on the podcast feed, you'll see the Augustine series that is happening. Again, I invite you to let me know how that's going for you, if you're enjoying it. But that is a Sunday school class that I am teaching at the church. We are Episode 3 was just put up for that. But this is entirely different. This is hopefully a weekly episode. I recently found some time in an evening to be able to devote to this. And like I said, still figuring this whole thing out, I realize how much of the things that we do as we get older... See, when, when you're young, you look at adults and you're like, wow, they have so many things figured out. Look at that. They just know how to do everything. I can't wait till I'm in my 20s and I and I know how to do everything. <laughs> oh, what a joke. Uh, yeah, we all just learn as we go. We just figure things out. Uh, we realize that our parents didn't know everything. Yeah, that that's, uh, that's the day of realization when that happens. Welcome, though, to episode two of the City of the Great King podcast. Glad that you're here. If you are benefiting at all from this, I invite you to share it with others. I know it's still early. Lots lots of episodes to go, but it would help. Share it, share it wide. I encourage you to. I had some other things lined up and ready to go, things that I was going to talk about, but I saw some news on Twitter today, and had to address a different subject. That is the one that you see in the in the headline, or in the title, that is. Uh, it's an important question that stems from a very important topic. And the question is, what has happened to young men? What, what has happened to, to young men, especially here in the West? I recently came across a comment that I saw online, and it was talking about some... Uh, some growth, like maturing growth type thing. And the comment was, 30 is the new 18. Yeah, 30 is the new 18. I think of some past generations and the things that an 18-year-old boy could do. 18-year-old man, really. You know the average age of the common soldier during World War II? It was 20 years old for a private and 22 years old for uh, anyone who was not a private. The vast majority of soldiers who fought during that great war were between the ages of 18 and 22. Now, what does that say about the fortitude of the 18 and 19 year old man who goes overseas, picks up a gun and is being shot at, being bombed, going to another country without their family, can you see most, many 18, 19 year olds doing that today? So, if men were mostly grown by the time they were 18, 19, today, 30 is the new 18. Seems like when you hit 30 years old, a lot of men are done being boys. They've been boys long enough and they're ready to take some responsibility to grow up a little bit. 30 is the new 18. It made me sad seeing that comment, but it also didn't strike me as altogether untrue. There was some other news, the news that I was talking about on Twitter though, and this is this is heart-wrenching. 
uh, it's all over, but just today, 14 kids shot dead, 14 as of now, shot dead at a Texas school today. Um, others were shot and wounded, but 14 dead uh, by an 18-year-old boy in Texas. These kids were in grades 2, 3, and 4. He also shot a teacher and killed the teacher. He's 18 years old, the shooter. The school that he graduated from, this is the same day, so this, we're, we don't have too much information, but he goes to the school that he graduated from, angry, angry young man, and he shoots up a bunch of kids. I'm, I'm a father. I have a five-year-old and a three-year-old. This grinds your gears. This gets you boiling. That an 18-year-old punk goes in there and takes the lives of 14 sets of parents to these young kids. They're, they're little boys and girls. It's disgusting. It's heartbreaking. It's heart-wrenching. And this is only a week and a half after the supermarket shooting in Buffalo. Again, an 18-year-old male goes, drives some 200 miles to a Buffalo supermarket and shoots up a bunch of people, kills 10 of them. Now, obviously, there was a bunch of media attention given to the Buffalo shooting. There's already a bunch given to the Texas shooting. You won't hear much about this, but in the city of Chicago, just in on Mother's Day weekend alone, which was just a couple weeks ago, over 30 people were shot. I bet you didn't hear about that. This past weekend, another 28 or so were shot in Chicago. There have been at least 223 murders in the city of Chicago since 2022 started. Hundreds more wounded and didn't die. The vast majority of the victims are male. The vast majority of the perpetrators are male. Now, why won't you hear much about that? There's various reasons, but for one of them, there's no politically advantageous reason to talk about the murders in Chicago. You can't gain anything on, a, on the issue of race by talking about that one. But I want to focus on the fact that it's men. Uh, in 2019, there was a shooting at a festival in California. Another young man, he shot and killed three, shot and wounded another 12. He was asked by somebody, why did you do this? And he said, this, this is amazing, he said, because I'm very angry. Because I'm very angry. That, that's why he did it. So you think about these other 18-year-old guys, both today in Texas and in Buffalo. How many of them are angry? How many are dispossessed, don't know what they're doing, aren't being taught what it means to be a man? And this is their way out. In the West, men are three to four times more likely to die by suicide than women. Even though women, by and large, admit to more suicidal thoughts and suicidal tendencies, it is the men who three to four times more likely die by suicide. One of the points I guess I'm making is that young men are dispossessed. Have you noticed it? Where are the men? Where are the mature, responsible, behaved, disciplined men? Where are they? So many are angry, they're displaced, they're unstable, untrained, undisciplined, they don't belong anywhere. 
They're off in the corners of society. Young men aren't getting married. You know, I think the uh, average age to get married now in the West is past 30. But men aren't getting married anymore. They're not committing to a woman for life. They aren't passionately starting new businesses that uplift themselves. I feel like when I was younger, and I'm still a young man myself, but even when I was younger, I heard so much more of these innovator young men starting all these businesses, coming up with new ideas, uh, displacing the traditions within uh, business and culture with new, fresh stuff, and it's the young men who were doing it. Uh, maybe, maybe I just saw it more for, I don't know, just where I was in my community, but now, uh, where are the young men who drive new business, that uplift themselves, their families, their communities? Young men used to be the drivers of innovation. I think young men have been failed. That's one of the conclusions we have to come to in all this. This is a very big topic, like I said, and we're only scratching the surface, but we have to take a general look to start understanding the more micro changes that happen. You'll never really understand a shooting unless you understand more macro issues. And the one thing we got to see is that young men have been failed. They have been. Uh, so many boys, more and more today, but so many boys are raised without their father in the home. This happens uh, every day regularly uh, in custody, in the portioning out of custody with kids, in the family courts. <laughs> family court, by <laughs> That has to be the most Orwellian title I've ever heard, by the way. You know what I mean by Orwellian? Like, it, it says the title of it is one thing, but it actually does the complete opposite. You know, the, the Ministry of Truth in 1984 was actually the office that spread lies and propaganda and was anything but the truth. It's kind of like... It, everyone's got a Ministry of Defense now. Have you noticed that? We, we all have a Ministry of Defense. It's interesting when the Ministry of Defense of Russia is tweeting out things that they're doing in Ukraine. <laughs> like When the Ministry of Defense is all offense, you, you know you've, you've titled it something Orwellian. That's how it is, though, in family court. These courts are not for families. They're not for the stability of family or the good of families or for the rehabilitation of families. They are for the splitting of families. The destruction. It should be called destruction court. Not family core. They do not uplift families. They actually, this is a big rabbit trail, but the more you look into it, they are incentivized to propagate destruction of families. It's disgusting, but that, that, that's a topic for another day. Family court, the most Orwellian thing I've ever heard. But boys are being raised without a father in the home, and that is a big, big problem. You do not have to look very hard uh, very long, very far, to see the effects that fatherlessness has on children. And not just fatherlessness in terms of uh, they don't have a father at all, but one who is not regularly involved in their houses. You know, even the every other weekend dad is a form of fatherlessness. How poor that is for boys who grow into men. You look at the stats, they contribute to far increased rates of dropout from school, Involvement in drugs, involvement in gangs, drunkenness, having children out of wedlock, not getting married, lower scores and testings. They're 
they're aggressive, they get arrested at higher rates, imprisoned, incarcerated at higher rates. It is incredible and sad the impact that boys raised without fathers, the impact that it has on them. So you want to abuse kids, especially boys, take them away from their father. Seriously, take them away from their father. That is how you abuse boys. The, the data doesn't lie, and this is going to make sense the more we talk about this as well. But since boys don't have a father that they can go to, to learn from, to be taught how to be a mature, responsible man, they have to go to the internet instead of their father to learn how to do things. How many boys today and young men have to go to YouTube to learn how to change a tire because they weren't taught by their father? Their, their father couldn't teach them. Maybe they didn't have a relationship. Maybe their father actually abandoned them. Whatever the reason is, not having a father in the home leaves boys in a very precarious place where they don't know how to do things and they have to go somewhere else to learn how to do it. Not only that, but males are taught by culture that their masculinity is toxic. Oh, I started hearing that term when I hit high school, toxic masculinity. I didn't hear it much before then. It's a, it's a more modern thing, at least on the, on the big culture scale. Toxic masculinity. They're taught to shun their natural masculine traits. Think about some of the traits that men naturally develop and show, such as aggression. You put young boys together, you don't even have to teach them much, and the young boys will be fighting and wrestling and and, and playing that way. And young girls will play in a completely different way. One of the natural masculine traits is aggression, along with decisiveness, leadership, competitiveness, risk-taking. And these are all things that boys have by nature. And they're taught that they're supposed to be shunning these natural masculine traits. They're told that they aren't allowed to have an opinion in many places. One of my favorite ones, I was in a small group recently, we were talking about abortion and different arguments that people use to support abortion. And one of the big ones is um, no uterus, no opinion. <laughs> it's one of the most logically stupid arguments I've ever heard. But you tell men that they aren't allowed to have an opinion on something, which, by the way, is an act that that kills boys, right? Okay, the the aborting of boys. So, so what is it if if you're if you have a boy in the womb, are you not allowed to? Then of course you would still have that abortion. You'd still kill the baby if you were inclined that way. It's it's, it's logically absurd. But men are told that they aren't allowed to have an opinion on certain things. It's not a corner of the market they're allowed to be in. And the only man who is tolerated then seems to be an effeminate one. And this might be one of the most disappointing things that we see, one of the most disappointing results in our culture, is the mass spread of effeminate men. Because you really are getting two main options here. You're getting the man who doesn't know what he's doing, but is going in these natural masculine traits, but he's not taught how to use them, not taught how to use them properly or raised how to be a good man, and he goes into these crazy directions like these 18-year-olds who shoot up schools. Who fall into these super black-pilled communities where every woman is a demon and you got to pick up a gun and make things right in the world. 
So, so you can push men in that direction, into this radical direction, but then you push them in the other direction too, which is this effeminate one. And that is gross. These men who don't know how to take a stand, who don't take responsibility, who don't show any leadership anymore, who aren't decisive, can't make a decision, they're not competitive in anything anymore, they don't take any risks, they bow to the opinions of feminists everywhere, women take the lead everywhere instead of them, you, you know, these, these effeminate men, it, it's a real problem in our society. But these boys are being raised without their fathers. They're being raised by feminists. Feminists, Feminism is being shoved down their throats in school. I was in high school, I am not in the past few years, but not too long ago I was in high school and I was getting feminism shoved down my throat too. If they dare to voice disagreement, they're shunned. We're in a situation where it's conform or be cut off. You either are a man who starts white knighting and embracing this cause of feminism. Oh, look at me. Be impressed with me. Ladies, notice me. I'm a feminist guy. It's gross. It's conform or be cut off. What does that do to a young man if those are his options? Either stop being a man and conform and be this effeminate, uh, worthless thing, or be cut off, be shunned. Be told that you're toxic. Everything that you do is toxic. You're you're valueless. What does that do to a young man? So they turn to these movements like MGTOW, Men Who Go Their Own Way. They'll turn to Jordan Peterson. They'll go to other places to fill in the gap. Because what you won't do is stop men from growing in masculine traits. You, you can't stop that. You can call it toxic masculinity all you want, but you can't stop it. Men will always have the traits that God has given them, and they will either be properly raised to uh, have those traits shaped in them in a good way, or it will be nurtured in a very bad way. These boys and men today are separated from everything that grounds them, the things that used to teach them, to discipline them, to hone them in, to rein in where their masculine traits are being taken too far or gone into a direction that is unhelpful or dangerous, there used to be ways in which these things were grounded. Men would be grounded. Boys would be grounded. But today, the boys aren't being taught what it means to be a man, let alone a good man. Where did he used to get it? Well, number one, as I've already alluded to, he used to get it in the family. Boys would be taught how to be men by their father, a father who was in the home, who was involved in their, in their life, who could be involved, and not just by absent fathers who are choosing to stay away, but courts that are keeping them away, and these feminists who continue to disallow fathers to be involved in their children's lives. It used to be from their family that a boy was taught how to be a man, how to be a good man. And... and you, that man used to be a Christian, by the way. We used to have a pretty Christian society. We don't anymore. But a Christian society is one that raises and teaches families to be good men and women. Not that it always goes that way, of course, but that is the motivation. So then we, they would learn it from their church. After family, you get it from your church. Men are naturally put inside a community 
of other boys and men who can teach them. So it's not just their father. Now they're into the greater community of their church. And these older men could teach younger men, which is, uh, which is a command in scripture to teach the younger men. Um, and then you could find it through your community at large. And this is done through sports, through uh, sports teams, that is, volunteering, or through jobs, different things like that. So you want to talk about more danger to men. How about you shut all those things down for two straight years then see what it does to men. Again, that's another topic. But communities are shaped by their men. Young men have been failed, but no matter what, no matter what you do to masculinity and to boys, to men, communities are shaped by their men. We can fight against it as much as we want, telling people that their masculinity is just toxic, upholding feminism everywhere, that women should be leading everything, that men aren't really good for much. No matter what we do and try to fight against it, men will always be the shapers of society. Okay? That, that's how it is. Why is this the way it is? It's because that's the way that the world was made by God. God made man to fulfill a certain role with a certain nature and then made woman for a certain role and with a certain nature. Neither one is, in terms of equity, better than the other. They are equal, but different. He did not make men and women to be the same thing, to have the same nature, to have the same strengths, the same weaknesses, or to have the same role in life, the same role in the family, the same role in the church, the same role in society different. Equal, but different. It's the way God made it. But anything can be corrupted. We live in a world of sin. Anything can be corrupted. And masculinity is something that has seen a dramatic corruption, in, especially in the West, in the past few decades. But masculinity in itself, the way God made it, is a good thing. Men, it is a good thing that you have the traits of masculinity that God put there. So, the encouragement that I want to give from a, from a kingdom perspective, you know, this podcast is about kingdom building. The kingdom of God is the perfect place for men. For, for manly men. You know, not, not, not effeminate men. That's not a very... The church is not going to be a place for an effeminate man in the sense that we're not going to tolerate it and celebrate it. Actually, effeminate men is a sin in Scripture. It is condemned in Scripture to be an effeminate man. Um, but it is a good thing to be a masculine man who knows the difference between men and women and take the role of a man seriously and walks in it. The Bible explains how man is made, as I said before, and the role that he is given. The man is made first, Eve is made second. They are given a task to take dominion over the earth, to subdue the earth. The man was to take leadership of his wife. He leads his wife. He is to take responsibility for his wife and the direction of his family. He is to provide the protection for the family. Now you hear a noise at night over in the basement, and all the weird noises come at night. Sorry, man, it's you who goes. You don't send your wife to go. You go and you check on the noise. You are tasked to bring in the provision for the family. You go, you work, you provide for your family that your wife and kids are taken care of. 
You provide the security. You're the one who gives the sacrifice. When somebody needs to lay down their life for the good of the family, it's you. You are given a nature of bravery, of being firm and resolute. Not wishy-washy, not flipping all the time, but, but firm and trying to understand where you come from. You, you firmly believe it. Men are created more simplistic and logical. That is, that they can be more on one task and severely focused on one task, whereas women can be more, uh, can focus on multiple things at one time, can do many things at once. For a man, it's a little harder to be, uh, to do that. They're, they're more singularly focused, but they do it in a very uh, severely focused way and in a logical way. Men are created aggressive and to be fearless. See, aggression is one that has a really bad reputation. Aggression is not inherently bad. Uh, sinful aggression is bad. Abusive aggression is bad. But aggression on its own can be a very positive thing. It needs to be honed. It needs to be reined in and shaped and matured, just like all the, the rest of the traits. But aggression on its own is not a bad thing. You were created that way. Now, if there's a young man listening to this, you do relate to what I'm saying. Whether you're a Christian or not, you it is appealing to you, the way that I'm talking about men. And you, you relate to it because God made you that way. God made you to be a man of dominion, of leadership, of responsibility, protection, Provision, security, sacrifice, bravery, firmness, being resolute, logical, aggressive, fearless. God made you that way. But you know that you'll, you'll get in trouble for living this way and speaking this way because you're taught to put down and turn aside from how you're created. But in the church, we teach boys to grow up, to become mature, to take responsibility and leadership like a man. See, I said two buzz phrases. I said, grow up and like a man. Yeah, see how much trouble we get into for that. If there's women listening, do you want your men to behave like men? Like, I know you don't want your the man in your life to act like a boy. And as feminist as some people might be, and, and many are, and or you're influenced by it, and you don't see how much you're influenced by feminism, um, Women still don't even like effeminate men or men who don't act like a man of dominion and leadership. A woman is created, we'll get into the nature of a woman one day, but part of the nature that God gives to women is one where they want to follow a strong man. It's true. No matter how much, it's another one of those things, no matter how much we fight against it, a woman wants to follow a strong man. So women, do you, do you want your men to behave like men? First, stop taking their children away from them. Let the father take the leadership role of his son. Encourage your man to be in a good church. Hopefully reformed. The more reformed it is, the better. And that is the belief in the sovereignty of God and reading scripture through the understanding that God is sovereign over all the affairs of man. <clears throat> Next, 
respect your husband unconditionally. Again, in a future episode, we can talk about the the role of the husband to love his wife and lay his life down for his wife. But for you, if you want your, your man to behave like a man, respect your husband unconditionally. He craves your respect. He needs it. It is like food to him. And every time you criticize him or put him down or make him feel like you can't even stand his existence, you are taking away food from him, essentially food for his soul. He needs your respect. And not just if he can do something for you. Unconditional respect. And that is a biblical command, by the way. Read Ephesians 5. And finally, you can follow his lead. You don't want to lead your man around. For a moment, you might think that you want that to get your own way, but long term, you want to follow his lead. You're created that way. And the man is created to want to lead a woman. So don't usurp his authority, don't put him down, don't disrespect him, don't take his kids from him, don't keep him from church, follow his lead. And a final encouragement to men, it is important that we get away from easy alternatives. And I mentioned it before, but the MGTOW, men who go their own way, these types of movements that demonize all women and and basically teach you to go in a sinfully aggressive path or one of independence, like a, like a lone ranger. You don't need anybody. You don't need to be attached to a community or a family. Avoid that. These are easy alternatives. These are traps. They're baits. You don't want them. Or these super black pill groups. If you don't know what that is, you can look it up. But these are more traps. Rather than that, get into a church that affirms you as a man. Let me tell you, the most manly thing that you can do is find a good woman, commit to her, marry her, stay with her, and lead her for life, have multiple children with her, and fearlessly raise these kids by the truth of God. Teach them to spread God's kingdom wherever they go. Teach in their masculinity, and for girls in their femininity, but for teach boys to be raised into mature men who take dominion over all spheres of life for God. And for you, work hard. Don't slack off at your job. Don't be lazy. Your temptation, the sin part of your nature, will be to give up your responsibility, to lay it down. That is something that men have to fight against, or to let the wives take on responsibility so that we don't have to. Laziness is a, is a hard battle to win. But work hard, provide for your family, date your wife, stay faithful in your job, teach boys in the church, find other boys that you can teach and raise and mentor, other boys in your church as well as in your community, find ways to be a positive impact to other boys. Okay, so bit of a heavier one today, but this is a very, very important topic. Like I said, this is just one question related to the overall topic. It is a, it is a battle out there, one of authority, of lordship in our society, and the question will always come down to who has authority and by what standard do they have it. Maybe that'll be the top. That's one of the things that I was working on until I saw the news from Texas.
But anyway, I hope that was helpful to you. Like I said, please feel free to share this as far as you, have, you so choose to. Enjoy the rest of the song. We love blues here. Until then, go win the nations. Goodbye.